Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Westman demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother, Wesley. And today we're discussing a movie from 2023, Best Animated Picture Awards Contender, Kimitachi wa do ikiru ka. How do you live? The Boy and the Heron. So let's get some Miyazaki context in here. Of the Studio Ghibli canon, what is your favorite? I would like to say that it was Spirited Away, but I recently watched Spirited Away again and realized I didn't remember almost anything, and it was very disjointed, completely random, and like every other movie of his, including The Boy and the Heron. It's like saying, like, what's the best poop you've ever taken? Which one do you remember the most fondly? They're all still poop. And they're all kind of the same. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're a poop connoisseur, you can talk about the same things that you talk about wine, like color and viscosity. So then there are the ones that all the women around me love. There's my neighbor Totoro. That's my favorite one because that's the one I'm least allowed to bag upon. What, Totoro? Yeah. Least allowed to bag upon because everybody bags on Mononoke, right? Well, yes, they do. And the reason is Totoro is, and I quote, just so cute. It's so cute. Princess Mononoke, someone told me I would love that movie. So it's one of maybe three movies in my life that I purchased on DVD sight unseen. Had Didn't know anything about it. Watched it and was like, what? the hell was that it's not fun it's unpleasant there are severed arms gushing blood dead animals worms and snakes it's horrific to watch and people are like i love it who was it that recommended it i don't remember it's a person lost to time and rightly so because if i ever find that person i'm going to give that person a piece of my mind they're like you like movies this is a movie lovers movie princess mononoke exactly so do you think that people get a certain kind of rush or they feel more than because they know and admire and can appreciate Studio Ghibli films? Hey, this isn't an interview of me. This is an interview of you. We're both half Japanese. We're equally qualified to discuss this movie. Right. So we are, between us, a single Japanese. And I'm asking the questions. Do you know what a weeb is? Usage in a sentence. The sneak is a weeb. I mean, I would say it's somewhere between dork and, and simp. Well, it is. It's a dork and a simp specifically for Japanese culture. If you love My Neighbor Totoro or whatever, and you have like stickers and plushies and posters and all that stuff, phone cases, okay, 
You like that movie because you think he's a big Pokemon and all super cute, right? I get all that stuff. And you're a weeb? No, no, no. Weebishness is being like Hayao Miyazaki in in totality. Everything. It all makes sense. It's so insightful and, and just so creative and so artistic. Those people, I'm convinced, are weebs. Come at me, bro. You let me remind you. We're the one who was like, I refuse to watch The Boy and the Heron if it's dubbed. I will only watch it in its original intended language. No, I said I can't. I'm not allowed to watch it because Kelly Ray insisted that if our version is dubbed, she won't watch it because her being a teen weeb watched them all you know, with subtitles, all English subtitles only. This is like some I must only eat miso soup with wooden bowls and spoons kind of like nonsense. And look, I've watched Mononoke both in the original Japanese and in the English dub. And the English dub is terrible. They're all terrible. Do you know who the heron is in the English dub of the boy and the heron? Dude, all-star cast for the English dub. Robert Pattinson, the Batman. Is the, is the, okay. Christian Bale, supposedly, ostensibly, possibly, Miyazaki's last film. So the stars are lining up. Yeah, I've heard that before. He's been saying that since the 90s. You know how long the 90s was? 30 years ago. Are dwarves human? Lord of the Rings. No, they're dwarves. And hobbits aren't human either, right? They are humanoid, but they have distinct features specific to their race. Yes. And so those ladies aren't human, right? The aunties, the old lady gaggle. Yeah, they're human. They're in are the they? World. Are they? Because they are giant, spirited away mother jewel heads, and their eyes are bigger than Mahito's whole head. They're giant and misshapen and monstrous. Well, ageist much. People get a little crunchy and craggly when they get old. Crunchy? Have you seen the meme <laughs> of Japanese women? It showed them. From ages like 14 to, to 25, and it's like a nice lady with a bun, and she's all, all svelte and pretty. And then 25 to like 45, and they're all svelte and pretty. And then 45 to 65, and she's got, it's the same picture, nice little bun, black hair, svelte and pretty. <laughs> and then like 65 on, <laughs> the lady's barely in frame and is all squat and like round-faced. <laughs> So maybe that's true. Maybe. It's not just limited to Japanese women. It's all Asian women. Didn't you see Joyride? We all end up walking around bent over with our arms behind our back, Wes. Oh, God. It's such an exaggeration that I was like, what is happening? Those women were human. They were in the human world. They just happen to have spirited away characteristics. That's all. Yeah, but I think these there were characteristics uh, and throwbacks, callbacks to lots of other movies. Well, he, that was, I mean, wasn't that your point that they're all kind of the same? And what you mean by that in a more neutral or generous way is to say that this is part of the Ghibli universe. I'm afraid that if this is the swan song, this is kind of like a tour of Studio Ghibli and like it's museum, but in movie form. It's like a legacy or whatever, but that doesn't mean it was the best one by any stretch. You mean parakeet song? Parakeet song? Heron song? Oh, like instead of swan song? 
Yeah. Oh God. So I'm I'm suspicious that the the weebs are like, it's amazing, but don't get it or don't really like it. Want so much to like it because not liking it would shake the foundation too much. You compared it to poop. Yeah, it's true. I probably but I could have used anything. Like what's the best cob salad you've ever had? They're all cob salads. <laughs> That's There's that no transcendent. The cobs are not niçois. They're not none of them are transcendent. It only no, it only it just it all comes down to whether or not you get into the nuance of it. Like wine or cob salad or macaroni and cheese. If you're a connoisseur, then you can appreciate the nuance. Here's the problem. The nuance how much of it was lost on us? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Japanese folklore that influences Japanese culture that comes to bear that we completely miss. And of course, to be fair, this movie was not made for us. I don't know. I think it was made with universal themes in mind. Yeah, okay. So were you like, wait, dad boned the ant? Like that's his <laughs> ant? Were you like, what? Common practice at the time. Yeah, back in the... 40s? It's post-World War. Yeah, it's like, I think his mom died in 39 at the beginning of the war. I mean, if your wife died, then you you take on the, the next in line. Oh, yeah? Sure. And so we're fine with it. Like, that's, it makes sense now. It, does it make more sense? Did you get it at the time when you were like, wait, what? Kelly maintains that men always remarry. No, no matter what the tragedy, Patton Oswald is getting married to Natty Gann within like a year. Yep, it's true. It's because they need someone to take care of them. Whereas <laughs> women are like, freedom! Yeah. So you were like... I'm singing a lot in this episode. Why is that happening? I don't know. But I think you're on painkillers? That's right. That's what anti-inflammatory tendonitis medication will do to you. So you got you understood or at least accepted the fact that he was going to marry the ant suddenly because that was common practice. You're keeping the family bloodline going. <laughs> I mean, of all the things to harp on in this movie, Wes, this is the one. This yeah. is it. Well, right. That, what I'm saying. That dad went after aunt. What I'm saying is later on when the aunt mommy went all the mummy and was screaming at him, you were like, oh, that cultural practice falls in with my knowledge. When she was like, I hate you, like yeah. inexplicably. Why yeah. did she do that? And she was exactly, exactly. No one knows. But did you get the whole bandage thing? Um, See? No. We thought it was weird that the bandages were like whipping them and right? like scarring it's, it's, them. So that was in the crazy world. and But in the real world, there's like wraps specifically. They have a name and they're intended not to harm but to protect. Uh, and that is a, you know, a cultural practice or whatever that Americans don't really have a concept of. And so it's like, why is she the mummy? Why is this so confusing? It doesn't explain her outburst. Are they sticky wraps? Are they like fly traps? I, I, I don't know. It's just one of many things that culturally I don't think was aimed at us and they don't care if we understand it or not. Um, thirdly or fourthly or whatever this is, have you ever noticed that things like X-Men and the Stupid Umbrella Academy, when somebody is an outcast they suddenly find a very special school where people are just like them and they can embrace their powers and be proud of who they are and reach their maximum potential. There's dozens. There are vampire academies and mutant academies and all this. Hogwarts. Right. 
all that kind of stuff. It's an exhausted theme, right? And I do believe that there is another theme. It's a little bit like Peter Pan and Never Never Land. When you want things to happen and you don't really have the clearest grasp of story and, and follow through, you go to a different magical world where things can happen. You go to Neverland or you go to Narnia or you go to wherever the never ending story took place. And so you do all the wild shit there when when you need something crazy to happen. And he's like, there's going to be soldier parakeets and they're going to take him to the parakeet and he's going to battle the parakeet <laughs> general or whatever. The parakeet. How does that work? And he's like, well, we're going to take him to a very special world. How's he going to get there? I, let's have him sink the through tower. the floor, get out style. And he goes into the upside down and the neverwhere, and they do some wild shit. And I couldn't wait. I was like, this world is strangely grounded. And why are we taking so long for strange shit to start happening? <sighs> and I was ready for it. Yeah. When we found the tower and stuff. I was like, oh, man, it's about to get real. It's it's anything but real is what I'm saying. Well, you know, metaphorically speaking, Wes, it's called imagination. The boy in the hair. No. Uh, How do you live is a book, but it's an Alex Garland style adaptation of a book where it's just this general outline of a book where it goes haywire. Because if you read it at all, you don't really remember it. So you create a movie based on your memory of the book. It's like an echo of the book. And he said, grand, great-grandfather or whatever, read too many books, lost his mind. And I think that's what happens in this world because they make shit up and they don't follow the script because I don't think there is a script written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki, I'm, I'm, I think is a stretch and just like a platitude because I don't understand how any of this was deliberately written or how it makes sense. You, this doesn't make any sense to you, not even on a visceral level or on a thematic level. Sure. None of it. No, no, nothing lands, nothing sticks. There are. There's a lot of duality in this movie, a lot of echoes of, of the same characters in different settings, in different applications of their lives. His own mom, who was dead, is a young girl, young, vibrant girl in this movie. I'm not sure if they realized that. Mahito knew that. He, did, he said later on, she said, I'm going to be your mother, but... I'm not sure how, like, we obviously immediately realized that that was her. No, they both, they both knew. He knew. He's, he was like, I'm looking for Natsuko. And she's like, my little sister. Yeah, but I thought she was like, my little sister? Why would you be looking for her? And he didn't make that connection. And then he's like, this is the bread that my mom would make with the jam and the loads and loads of ghee. Why wouldn't he say you? And she's like, your mom? You mean me? Well, because she's not his mom yet. I thought that her, she was a really interesting character, this idea that in this world, she wasn't working on a linear timescape. She was aware that she was his mom. She just wasn't there yet. I think that you found she was a really interesting character, like any number of Studio Ghibli films, because they all look like Paloma. <laughs> Every single one. It's the same little one-line nose. It's the same little one-line mouth. It's the same little eye with the shiny in it. It's all exactly the same. And that it's not really the so story. Cute. It's not really the story. I find this level of animation kind of tasteless. I, I mean, it's, it's it has it certainly her little has style Alice and, in Wonderland frock. 
paceless. I was watching a clip this morning of Snow White, and I was gonna say that this that that anime, I guess, is that are, are we do we call this anime? Um, that's a good question. We'd have to we let's let's rally the weebs, but I would say yes. <laughs> Can we go back to the early '90s Japanimation? I don't know. And just why can't it just be animated? Well, yeah, it, it is animated. animated, but it is. Is it a good kind of animated? Is this a Princess and the Frog throwback to a very specific style of animation from which Studio Ghibli has never once deviated? It is all exactly the same. And I literally was what well, I was going to say. This is it had, mm-hmm. their animation style hasn't changed in 100 years. That's like saying Pixar hasn't evolved. It has. You're always talking it about has them pushing so the format forward. Every, this has too. Right. When they're uh-uh. walking through the porticos and the lights shining through and they're and they're passing between realms, you didn't think that was beautiful? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yes, in the same way that the clip I was watching from 1939 Snow White is beautiful. It's anyone can do a, a beautiful matte painting in the back, like all lush and colorful and artistic. But the characters in the foreground, the moving mm. operating pieces, are all no. Paloma, are all exactly the same, and are all single line, two dimensional, hand drawn stuff. Even. It just, no. Even in the simplest of moments when she's spreading the butter or the ghee in the jam and when he's eating it, you look at their physicality and it's so real. It's so lifelike. Is it, is it in, so real? Absolutely. At maybe? Absolutely. It communicates a vitality that I don't think you get in computer animation. You know why? Because computer animation uses more than 10 frames per second. I don't know what the frame rate on this is. Exactly. You can find out. You can probably count it. I mean, I think you can push and pull for whatever the scene requires. There's some major action set pieces in this. There are thousands of parakeets ready to go to to war or to fight on behalf of their parakeet. That's there's a lot going on there. Yeah, but there. What exactly are you trying to say? That this is a less than art form because it's hand drawn or because it has it doesn't utilize computers in the same way that Pixar utilizes computers? That's kind of exactly what I'm saying. It's an antiquated art form where when they're speaking, there are two modes. There's closed mouth and open mouth. And it looks on screen like you can't read the lips of an animated character in this movie like you could in possibly Pixar or any newer animation. They look like Terrence and Philip from South Park. Open, close, open, close, open, close. No, this is like you being like Kindles or whatever the modern day reader is today are far superior than books because you can search and you can jump to this page and you can electronically bookmark it. Books are so antiquated and you have to thumb through those papers to find out where you were. And if you drop it, you don't remember where you were. Advancements in any field like in animation are additive and not necessarily reductive to things that came from the past. You can't you can still make new stuff with the old forms. Do you remember uh, when Homestar Runner did a throwback anime style strong bad email episode? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. 
<laughs> wow. Is there a is there a name for this kind of nerd? Yeah, well, okay, sure. <laughs> it's like a it's like an internet <laughs> comic nerd or whatever. But the the Japanese animated one, uh Strong Bad was Stinko Man. And Stinko Man would throw his head back and laugh and go, ha, 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 which is exactly how every character in this movie laughs. And when I say that, you can you can picture in your mind exactly what that looks like. Do you know why? Because they're all exactly the same. Tell me you don't see that laugh in your mind from the movie. Is it like the Boslerman, like laughter of life laugh where the character, a character inevitably throws their head back? It's all the same. Hayao Miyazaki is the Wes Anderson of Japan. Wow. They're all the same. They're not story driven. They're cute. They're quirky. They're kitschy. And that's it. That's so unfair. How can you say that they favor or emphasize form in a film where you're saying the form is antiquated and not moving the story forward? I don't know. How do they do it? The form is not what's driving this. The form is servicing a story that, for whatever reason, you simply can't. You have nothing to hold on to. Did you say story? The, what was the story of Spirited Away? Girl gets sucked into an other world where she learns about grief and her parents. What's the story of the boy and the heron? Boy gets sucked into an underworld where he learns about grief and his parents. It's exactly the same thing. You know what this is? Hayao Miyazaki is the Clint Eastwood of Japanese films. It's just, it's all legacy tributes at this point, And it's going to be all the same movie that sucks, but no one's willing to admit it until he relieves us of that obligation by dying. We'll just accept your thesis for a moment and say that all of the Miyazaki films are retreads. Are you going to watch Spirited Away again? Are you going to watch the movie that I consider the, to be the most scarring, Ponyo? Ponyo is horrific. <laughs> no, but am I going to watch the new and the latest Miyazaki film, The Boy and the Heron? Yes. And am I going to be able to indulge in this world again, ostensibly for one last time? Yes, because... Even if it is a variation on the same theme, even if your thesis is correct, there's still something to be gleaned from the boy and the heron, even in just revisiting this concept again. Yeah? Yeah. And what is that? I was really wrestling with this idea of a perfect world and fantasy and how so many terrible things are born out of people trying to create utopias, whereas Mahito is able to acknowledge that he is imperfect and that being scarred and facing grief is a part of this life and he's going to choose it over a fantasy life or over being an architect. He's not perfect, that's for sure. That's the trauma of his parents. Him being scarred is his damn fault. That dude is insane. And I was like, wow, he is there really lining him up to be an arch villain, right? He is definitely evil. Because he banged himself on the head? Yeah, he didn't you never, just... You never pretended to be sick so that you didn't have to go to school and take a test or you didn't have to go in to school and be bullied? Seriously, that's your justification? I did school for weeks on end. Told everyone I went to, to Japan for grandma's funeral. Dad was really hurt, by the wow. way, when he heard that. Wow. Um, but that's because people were going to beat me up and I was avoiding uh, math class to avoid sixth period, the final period, because I wasn't guaranteed that I could escape school without getting my ass beat. But still, I'm just trying to, to help you relate to the Mahito character in a way that makes sense. This is not calling in sick. 
This is not pretending to be sick. He bashed himself in the head with a rock, lost a quarter of his blood, and scarred himself for life. Ah, he was playing it up Ferris Bueller style when he's laying it up. Playing it up, he was coated in blood. Head wounds just bleed a lot. That's just how they, that doesn't mean that they're severe. It was Mononoke level blood is what it was. This stuff is, it all comes from Hayao Miyazaki's childhood. Like Mahito, I also made homemade weapons all the time. I also tried to escape from all my problems and stuff. What I didn't do was sink through the floor, go to a special world where there were pelicans and parakeets. What? And now he's on a boat. Because you didn't while away your days, head in a book, reading Stephen King nonsense. That's not fantastical? Nonsense. You didn't bury your head in the macabre world of Stephen King and find some validation in those horrors. So is that what he did? He read the book and lost his mind like his great-grandpappy? Whatever he did was a metaphor for that, yeah. Because there was, like, it went from the water world, and then it was the Temple of Doom, and then he was in Fraggle Rock, and then he was... <laughs> Uh, and then it was Inception at the end. And, and it all looked, I, see, I can't even say beautiful because so much of it was ugly. Like those monstrous women uh, and all the monsters were unpleasant to look upon. You, am, I, am I wrong? It was like if you adapted a Cirque du Soleil story into a movie. Like a dramatic movie. And they're like, <laughs> you it's love serious Cirque stuff. du Soleil. You yeah. love Cirque du Soleil. When it's circus. This is circus. It's just a different format. Listen, I feel the defensiveness rising up in me. I'm getting to that place where I want to start <laughs> insulting you and calling you names and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just I'll but I'll I'll just reframe it as a question. Why are you going to give the boy and the heron a nope or whatever? Because this is the clearest to me demonstration of weebishness and people saying, no, it's good. I'm like, no, it's not, because it's exactly the same. And the animation is cheap and uninspired. And that's <gasps> what bothers me is that people are like, no, but it's wonderful the same. And I, and I don't <laughs> I don't understand the loyalty when it all feels it, it feels cheap. To me, I think that like Guillermo del Toro, whom you've expressed your disdain for in previous reviews, including Pinocchio available at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you get podcasts, relevant to mention because because Miyazaki is like the Japanese Guillermo del Toro. It's fair enough. In his movie, Pan's Labyrinth, someone also in the midst of war goes to a very special world where weird and random and dangerous things happen. And like Miyazaki, some of his things don't land. Listen, these are artists, tours, you could even say, who are working out whatever it is that they need to work out. And they do it by revisiting some themes, using the tools that they have in their toolbox. Sometimes they add new tools, but it doesn't mean they don't use the old ones. And they're working it out. You're working out your psyche in art. And sometimes people can relate. And sometimes, like in your case, they don't. But look, I, I'm probably wrong. I, I feel like this dude, yeah. that Miyazaki, is he's he's a placeholder in Japanese cinema and particularly in, in animation. He is taking up valuable reverence from the people of the world, huh. like, like Kanye or that hillbilly kid with the tongue. Who's saying that reverence is limited, that there's a limited supply? 
there's a lim- there's only a limited supply on our screen for be it for for studio money to be able to make the movies that are good in some cases the wrong people get those dollars and my real fear is that animation is reverting is sliding in in the way that Carl Sagan was worried that we would slide back into the dark ages of hoodoo and superstition that we would just let go of our intelligence i feel like animation has let go of innovation teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem the definitely going to win mark my words spider-man across the spider-verse looked terrible it's not to to say that it didn't have stylistic elements but the villain is a hastily drawn scribble with some polka dots who who hurt you are you just railing against your japanese heritage is it so bad it's it's a scary world to live in i've seen too much i know too much and so when people like wes anderson take up my valuable time with the same You didn't movie. even see Asteroid City. I did. I tried to get you to review it. You refused. Have you seen Asteroid City? No. Exactly. I have limited amounts of time. Right? And people like Hayao Miyazaki are putting their movies in front of you, and you're like, I guess I'm going to watch this one. You could be watching other better movies. IMDb featured reviews, eight stars, another instant classic by Ghibli, but one step under its brothers. How does that make it an instant classic? How do you put it shoulder to shoulder when it's one step under? Ten stars, incredibly magical last Hayao movie. This is the sneak's adjective, is is incredible. It's incredible and and so artistic and creative, but why? Tell me why. Tell me what makes this one different, i.e. good. I think I did tell you. Last okay. one, no stars, a disjointed mess. There you go. Look, I'm not saying that at times <laughs> there weren't still frames that were extraordinary in this movie. There you go. Come on, lighten up. Jeez. Bring a little sense of humor to your life. People who love this movie are the same kind of people that would laugh delightedly when they're covered in bird shit. (laughs) Shit happens, Wes. And your final rating is? I gotta give it a whatever. I gave it a shot. I've given so many movies of this type by auteurs who keep doing the same thing over and over again, and we praised them for it this year. I'm tired of it. I've never been a fan of this level of animation because I was never raised on this level of animation. I first experienced a Studio Ghibli movie in my 20s, and I was like, this looks not good. This looks to me exactly like The Last Unicorn, which was like 50 years ago. Yeah, and which is amazing. If you're still doing the same thing 50 years later, if you're a hot dog man on the street corner, you want to make the same kind of hot dogs because that's what people come for. But like multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar budgets that take eight years. People are hungry. I will give Miyazaki's Heron song an honorary totally in your honor, Wes. What the hell? And that is our discussion on The Boy and the Heron moving from 2023. I will be surprised if this does not win this year's Academy Award for Best Animated Picture. Let's put money on it. What did you think? 20 bucks. Is this this discussion more divisive than our discussion on Lovebirds or whatever movies at gmail.com? Let us know why Wes is wrong. 818-835-7473. Arigato for listening, and we'll see you next time. 
Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big on this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them hit. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.